Hi everyone. Um, so some of you know me, some of you know me very well, um, including my husband who knows me quite well. Um, some of you have probably um, know of me from a, a couple of weeks and stuff, but I just thought I'd say hello and like, introduce myself before sort of kicking off because um, I know I'm online as well. I'm going to try and not think about that, but hello everyone that's watching online. Um, and uh, yeah, so just my name's Lizzie. I'm married to Adam. Uh, those of you here in person will have the privilege of seeing my handsome husband in, in the flesh. The others of you will just have to take my word for it. Um, and um, I have Lydia and Esther, who are four and two years old, and they're amazing, and I'm so privileged to be their mummy. Um, and I've been part of Hope Church kind of since the beginning. We've been here... Um, <laughs> that's Esther in the background. Um, yeah, we've sort of been here since the beginning, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm really pleased to have been asked to do this today. I haven't done it much before, I think once before I've, I've done something like this. I'm, I'm nervous in the flesh but I'm excited um, about what God wants to say to us and um, about the fact that I've been kind of asked to do it and I um, really appreciate everyone's support as I've been preparing and things so that's been really, um, really encouraging so thank you for that. Um, so we're going to talk about the Trinity. Um, as Gordon said when he sort of talked about me doing this, I've been part of a group of us that have been doing lead through church, through this church. We've kind of linked up um, with the relational mission course called Lead, um, which is a two-year thing, big commitment, and it's just been so encouraging and so, like, I've learnt so much. I've been a Christian for a really long time, um, but the opportunity through Lead to kind of dig deeper into some of the stuff um, that you just kind of accept sometimes and kind of look at to, into scriptural truth a bit more and discuss things and go, okay, does that work better or does that work better and why? And let's, like, unpack that a little bit more. So I've, I've got so much out of it. Um, one of those weekends we looked at the Trinity, um, which was, I think, the end of May. Um, and I'm just going to set the record straight because earlier Gordon said, I said I would like to speak on the Trinity. That's not what happened. <laughs> what happened was, how did it go? Yeah, it was really good. I learned a lot. Do you want to say anything about it? Uh, okay. That was the conversation. <laughs> just, just so you know. But no, um, I am... Is everything all right? Yeah, I just knocked it, so... I don't want to be flappy and weird. That's what I've kept saying to people. I'm a bit like this when I talk. So I'm, just ignore that. I don't care if I make a fool of myself, but I don't want what God wants to say to us to be hindered by my weirdness. So just ignore that if that happens. <laughs> but so the Trinity was something that we looked at. And um, it's something for me, and I don't know if you're similar to me, that I kind of had just accepted that this thing called the Trinity was true. Um, I've been around in church for a long time. It's a very churchy word, isn't it? We say Trinity and, and we kind of just go, okay, yeah, God, three in one. I don't know if you've heard um, metaphors like it's a bit like a pretzel, Father, Son, Holy Spirit being different parts of the pretzel or a Mars bar or water, steam and ice and things like that. And, you know, they're all kind of helpful and kind of not enough because God doesn't change into different states. And there's kind of these discussions. And for me... I just went, yeah, okay, God's, God's three in one, and I just sort of accepted that, almost in a childlike way of just kind of, you know, I didn't really question it. Um, but actually, if you do start to think about it, it's so complex and so other and so not what we're used to in any other kind of part of our experience, like the fact that a God can be three but be one, and like, what? And that's a bit mind-blowing, and it's a bit overwhelming, perhaps, sometimes, if we look at it on too much kind of, you know, it can be a bit like, whoa, what is this? Um, but it does our souls so much good to contemplate God. <laughs> it's the best thing we can do. It's just to contemplate the nature of God and the fact that he is other 
and so different to anything else we can experience or know in this world is a good thing. That should excite us and it should make us inspired. Like, God isn't something that I can just go, okay, yeah, God is like this, this and this, neat little box, great, move on with my life. The fact that it's perplexing, that it's hard to understand and that God is not something that we can see just exactly the same in the physical. No, it's completely awe-inspiring. The nature of God should be completely awe-inspiring and completely like mind-blowing, but that's a good thing. That shouldn't put us off and just go, oh, I can't think about it because it's, it's too hard. Now I think about it and it will inspire me to worship and it will inspire me to, to want to know more. Um, Lydia's four years old. She's a very clever little four-year-old, aren't you? Yes, I am. Um, she said to me the other day, so about a week after we'd done this, um, this training, she said, Mummy, and she, she often asks me these, these questions, right? And sometimes I'm on it, like, fine, I can, I can explain this one. So she asked me the other day, Mummy, what are those numbers on the backs of cars? Okay, I've got this. We can, I can tell you about number plates and, you know, every car's got their own one and the white on the back and yellow on the front and, or the other way around or whatever it was. And, you know, that's fine. I'm confident with that. The other day she said to me, Mummy, how did Jesus... Mummy and Daddy have him as a baby when he made the whole world. <laughs> Those are literal words. Um, I thought for a minute. I thought, right, well, I learnt this at 33 a week ago, but okay, let's like try and explain the miracle of the incarnation to my four-year-old. Um, and I did, and I just said, you know, it's amazing because God is so special. He was always Jesus was always God, and He made the world, and then He became a baby when He was in His mummy's tummy. And mummy, can, tomorrow can I have my hair in bunches, please? Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and that was our conversation. But that inspired me as well because I thought, yeah, we should have this childlike acceptance of the truth. But we should also engage with it and kind of consider what scripture says and, make, and, and be humble enough to accept the things that we can't understand and define and tick off and neatly organise. Um, but just marvel at our wondrous God and also have this childlike, like, okay, I accept that. I can't get my head around it, but I know that you're good, and I know that it's something to be excited about. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with today. I want to look at what Scripture says and unpack it a bit, but also just go, wow. I don't get it, but wow. Um, So I'm going to look at each person of the Trinity. Um, But first of all, we're just going to start from literally the very beginning. So there's there's some people that say that um, the doctrine of the Trinity, the teaching of the Trinity, it's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say anywhere, God is three in one. Um, The Trinity, that word, is not from the Bible. People say, oh, someone's made that up. But actually, let's look at Genesis Genesis chapter one, verse one. And it's right there. Um, So I'm going to do a bit of flicking about. I quite like that. Um, I think it's good to to go to the scriptures and, and not just for me to read it out. I didn't write them down again, so I'm going to be flicking through and finding them. I think there's something quite cool about that. Um, So Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Trinity is right there. First three verses, the Trinity's there. Try three, something, something nice about that. God created the heavens and the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There he is. Bam. The Holy Spirit isn't something that God made up and gave to us at Pentecost. He was right there. And God said, 
let there be light, and there was light. God said, God spoke, God's word. The word is mentioned later in scripture in John, the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. I got straight there. That's amazing. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The word is Jesus, God's son. God spoke, let there be light. That's Jesus right there in the first three verses of the Bible. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity is there. Creation itself, the beginning of of our world, is a Trinitarian thing. Father, Son, and Spirit exist right there from the very beginning. Um, So that should cast out all doubt that somebody a few hundred years ago, a few thousand years ago, made it up because it's there. Black and white. So God the Father, right? God the Father. We kind of probably, culturally, use God the Father as maybe the kind of caricature, cliche of God in his entirety. If people talk about God, they might imagine this sort of fatherly, elderly man figure, and that's that's who people probably, if we're honest, when we say God, that's who they think of. And then we go, oh, and Jesus, oh, and the Holy Spirit, and we kind of add them on. So that's probably culturally how we do it. Um, and a lot of people may just sort of stay there, and I've been guilty of that. I'm not, not saying that isn't in an accusing way, but I think that's because he's the first person of the Trinity. And what I mean by that is that Jesus and the, and the Holy Spirit are in submission to God the Father. So God the Father is, has authority. There's like submission in the Trinity itself, which is an amazing example to us about the nature and the person of God this idea of authority and submission and some kind of hierarchy, which we can't fully grasp, and that's okay. Um, that's a really good model to us as we live in, in terms of our homes and our churches and things like that. There's nothing wrong with authority and hierarchy and submission. That's a good thing. God does it to himself. Right, that's amazing. So I've just got a few verses to kind of show you that I haven't just made that up. We're saying in John, in chapter 14, verse 28, um, Jesus says... You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. So Jesus tells us directly there, the Father is greater than I. Staying in John in 15, verse 26, he says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So God the Father sends the Spirit. Um, And then in Luke and in all the, all the accounts of the Garden of Gethsemane, but in Luke 22, you can find it where Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. So, like, that is the most stark example of submission that we can ever look back on in history, the idea that Jesus, the Son of God, in that moment, does not want to die on the cross. Take it away, I don't want to do it, but not my will, but yours. So if we're in any doubt that Jesus submits to the Father... We shouldn't be, um, because he did. Um, and he did that for, because of his great love for us. And that's another mind-blowing, awe-inspiring, worship-inducing truth that we can think about as well. Jesus, God the Son. This is a bit that um, I'd never really thought about, probably, before lead a few weeks back, where I just kind of accepted Jesus is God's Son, he's eternal, he's God, he's his Son, This is a bit that made me go, oh my goodness. So, Jesus is eternal. 
Jesus, God's son, has always been God's son. Bear with me. He didn't become God's son at the incarnation when he was born of Mary. God didn't go, oh, what should we do? Let's make a son who can go down to earth. No, Jesus was there at the beginning. We've just seen that, okay? In, in creation, he was there. Jesus has always existed eternally with the Father in a kind of state of being begotten. So the word begotten, we say that, don't we? Like um, his only begotten son, begotten, not created. This word means like of the same stuff. It's a loose translation. So Jesus is like from the Father and he always has been. It didn't become that when the, um, the plan of him coming to earth was put into action. He's always been that. Um, when he was born of Mary, that's when he became human. Before that, he was fully God. He's always been fully God. And then he chose to become human. And he's still human. He's always been God. And he always will be God. He's still God. He took on humanity. And that is now eternal as well. He is eternally in that state. There is a man in heaven, who rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. His name's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's fully God. And he's fully human still in heaven, now, today, alive, working as an intercessor for us with the Father. Wow. I kind of had this... I don't know, I can't... I can't explain to you what I used to think now, but I just kind of went, yeah, Jesus went back to heaven. And I don't know that I thought he like returned to his state before he was human. I don't, I'd never really given it much thought, I suppose is my point. But when you actually look at scripture, that's the truth. Like he's, he took on that humanity for us and that is the truth of what is currently happening in heaven today. And that he is fully man, fully God. And he intercedes for us. So there's some verses about him interceding for the Father for us. Um, Romans 7.25, Romans 8, sorry, Hebrews 7.25, Romans 8.34, and 1 John 2 verse 1. So I think I'll just look at the Romans one. And so turn with me if you want to Romans 8 verse 34. There's loads of scriptures that, that talk about all these things. I've just got a few of them written down. Um, so Romans 8 verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So God, Jesus didn't come down as a man, do his work, go back, and then just kind of sit back and, and watch us all live our lives. No, he's working for us right now. His work carries on in his intercession for us. His victory is won. Um, but he continues to intercede to the Father from us. So this Trinitarian relationship that we're seeing between Father, Son and Spirit isn't something that happened once, isn't something that changes. It's something that's going on right now. And it's, a, it's something that we can engage with and we can worship um, because of the truth of the things that, that he can reveal to us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Now... Uh, something else that was that's taught to us on lead, that it's a good general rule of thumb that if the Bible doesn't say as much about one thing as another, we don't talk about it as much as the other because we run the risk of filling in the gaps ourselves and kind of making stuff up and going, oh, it must mean that and it must mean that. We, we, we talk about what the Bible talks about 
And the Bible does talk about the Holy Spirit. Scripture teaches us about him. We're going to look at what it says about him. Um, but it doesn't say as much as it does about the Father and the, and the Son. We don't know why. We don't need to know why. But um, I'm not going to say as much because I don't want to say stuff that's not from Scripture and is, is not true and it's just kind of my sort of assumption. But the Holy Spirit, unfortunately, I think, is the, the person of the Trinity that is probably neglected um, by us as Christians and by the church in our culture today. It's kind of a bit of an add-on. Um, some people engage with um, the existence of the Holy Spirit and his nature very well and others of us don't. And, um, and I think some of what we do is we just kind of treat the Holy Spirit like a feeling or like a fuzzy, warm force that kind of gives us nice emotions and... You know, that's, that's the kind of add-on bit to the existence of God. So we've got God the Father and the Son, and we know all about them, and they're in heaven, and this is what they do, and this is what they did for us, and they sent, God sent his Son, and he died for us, and he raised them to love, and wow. And then the Holy Spirit, God sent at Pentecost, and he kind of just makes us feel a bit happier. No. No. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is a person just like the Father and the Son. So he is not in some way inferior, that he's not really God. It's just like a little add-on bit that helps us to feel a certain way. No, he's fully God. Holy Spirit is God, fully God. In the same way that the Son is fully God and fully man, the Holy Spirit's fully God, third person of the Trinity. He's the one who interacts with us. He's the one who reveals things to us. He guides us, he comforts us. The Bible talks about him as a comforter and an advocate. Um, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be better than he was. Jesus didn't say, oh, when I'm gone, I'll send the Holy Spirit to make you feel a bit better about stuff. No. When, what Jesus says in John 14, let's turn to John 14. Sorry, I did say I was going to be hopping around, but kind of proves the point that the Trinity is all over the Bible, so that's good. <laughs> John 14, verse 26. Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, he says a lot about the Holy Spirit in this passage, but I'm just going to pick out this one verse. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus doesn't say, I've done everything you need and the Holy Spirit will just comfort you a bit and make you feel a bit warm and fuzzy. No, he says, I'm going, but the Holy Spirit's coming and he's going to remind you of everything I have said. That's better than somebody just saying it once, isn't it? The Holy Spirit who can remind us of it all the time, who dwells within us, who, who reminds us of the truth of God all the time. I didn't get to, to walk the earth when Jesus walked the earth. And so if, without the Holy Spirit, I'd just be reading someone else's word for it. But with the Holy Spirit, that's God speaking it to me. All people, all nations, all ages not just the people that lived in, in that part of the world for those 33 years that Jesus walked the earth. That's better. The Holy Spirit is... Abs the work of the Holy Spirit is not something to be added on, taken or left as we feel like it. Like, the person of the Holy Spirit... Like, I can't... I don't know. I can't, I can't say it enough about just being inspired and being blown away and being, like, taken up into and to this heavenly perspective of, of the existence of a God who is so other and different and wondrous and to us. Um, 
And just as, just as well, to look at that verse again in John 14, 26, um, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, will remind you of all the things that I have said. I paraphrase that because I've shut my Bible. Um, the Trinity's right, like, all over that verse. So people who say, well, the Trinity's not in the Bible, it's there. The three persons of God right there in that verse are, like, intertwined, and, and you can't, you know, there, there is no denying that um, that is the nature of God. Um, and I, what... Like the main point that I'd really like for us to take away from today is this idea of being inspired about the nature of God. Not accepting this like church word, this kind of cultural word maybe even, you could say. Um, just accepting a word and going, yeah, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, move on. Not just accept it and miss out on the amazing truth within it. Engage with it. See what scripture says. Pray to God. Reveal yourself to me and reveal the Trinity to me. Reveal that truth of of you in three persons. Show me where it, what it says about you in scripture. Help me to, to go have those moments that I've had. I feel so blessed to have had those of going, Jesus is still a human. <laughs> those moments are what cause us to grow and, and take, take steps forward in, in the, 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 the depths that we can go to with God and, and be, um, be taken on in his plans for us. And, and those moments come from the Holy Spirit and they're, they're, that's a blessing. That's something to be... Um, to be reaching out for and to be striving for and to be asking God for, and he'll give them to us. It's not an empty, please, can I? He wants to show himself to us. It's his favourite thing to do. It's his favourite thing to do, to be with us and to have relationship with us. Um, and if you're somebody that doesn't know this God, who's, who's kind of not really maybe heard the word Trinity or, or kind of never really thought about what it means, um, wondering if it's all true, if something's so unusual can be true um, let me encourage you that this God who is three persons he created you he loves you he gave his life to set you free and rescue you from sin and he wants you to know him today through the power of his Holy Spirit so if that is where you're at don't ignore that don't ignore that tug um, to, to find out a bit more and to just pray and just to say God, if you're real, who are you? What are you like? Show me. Um, because, honestly, uh, there is no better way to spend your time um, than to, to find out who God is. So wherever you're at in, in, in your understanding of God and your revelation of God at the moment, there's more to know. There'll always be more to know. And when we get to heaven, we'll, we might go, oh, no, no, no unanswered questions in heaven. Every question will be resolved. I've been listening to a song by Matt Redman um, called One Day, which is a bit confusing because about 30 years ago or 20 years ago, there was a song he wrote called Better Is One Day, and now he's got a song called One Day. So if you're looking, up, looking it up, see the one where he looks older when he's singing is the one I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but he sings about one day we'll see Jesus face to face. One day um, there'll be no unanswered questions. Every question resolved. One day, well, there will be no more sorrow. One day, there will be no more tears. And just this idea has struck me that we will see God face to face. We, at the moment we see him part, then we will see fully. We'll see him face to face. And at the moment, I can't stand here in 15 minutes and neatly tie up the Trinity for you and go, there you go, I've understood it, now you've understood it. Let's kind of move on with our lives. No, this is a lifelong journey of understanding who God is. And one day, we'll have no unanswered questions. We'll see him in all his glory. And that is 
the journey that we're on together as a church, as a family. Um, and it's something that, yeah, it's been really exciting just to look at it more as I've been kind of preparing what to say. Um, but should we just pray now? Um, let's pray that, that God can reveal more truth. And there's always more to know. So God, thank you for your nature. Thank you for your goodness, for your wondrous glory of being three in one. Thank you for your eternal nature. Thank you for your unchanging, steadfast being. Thank you that we can fully trust you. We can fully trust that you are good even when we don't understand all the details of your existence. Thank you that that's a good thing. And help us, God, to be inspired to know you more. Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself to us? Would you reveal your truth to us more? Would you reveal scripture to us in a way where we may have read it lots of times before, but through your spirit we can understand it. Through your spirit we can see truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you died in my place, that you died for my sin, that you submitted to the Father's will so that we can be reconciled to you. Thank you, Father, that you made me, that you made this world. Thank you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you were there at the creation of the world and you have a plan. Um, thank you, God, for the truth of the plan that goes from beginning of time to the end of time and beyond that. Thank you that we can have complete trust in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go, brilliant. Well, um, can we put our hands together for Lizzie Proper? You did an excellent job, so well done. So proud of you, really am, very proud of you. And, um, I must apologise, I think you're going to have to come up here again at some point. And uh, so it did a really, really good job. Thank you, Lizzie. Brilliant. Well done.